Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Lifestyle Practice Podcast. I'm your host today, Steve Vandegraaff, and I am really excited to have with me here Dr. Lauren Teachout, who is a GP practicing in Tennessee, and her husband, Kirk Teachout, who helps manage the practice that they purchased together in 2019. Lauren and Kirk and I worked together in our coaching program last year, and they have grown their practice in a huge way in a little under a year. Lauren and Kirk, thanks for joining me today. How are you guys doing? Hey, we're doing good. Thanks for having us. Yeah, same. Yeah, you guys just recently had a baby, right? We did. He's seven months old, and that makes number three. Three kids. How are you coping? Are you sleeping at all? Are you taking shifts? Does this little baby Nolan sleep for you? He has just started sleeping in the last month or two, so that's been a huge blessing. We're glad that he's finally sleeping. It makes me feel more normal while <laughs> I'm working. <laughs> yeah. Sleep deprivation will like change your personality. <laughs> it sure will. Yeah, it was it was a rough go when she went back. It was yeah. it, it was hard. It was hard <laughs> for for her especially just mentally to be able to go through everything and be able to not have a fog, but she did great. She did awesome. I'm thankful to just be back three days a week, though. That's also very helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I want you to guys to tell us about this because there's lots of women dentists that have to juggle being a, a mom and leaving the practice and then coming back and managing everything. So, yeah, I'm just really glad you guys came on today. I, I think a lot of people can benefit from your story, not only because of how fast you guys have grown your practice, but also on how you guys did it together as a couple with Lauren as the doctor and Kirk helping manage the office, I'd say it's somewhat common for married couples to work together in their practice. And so I'm curious what pearls you have to share with listeners who are in a similar position. To start, if we can just maybe understand you and get a little background on yourselves, maybe just tell us a little bit about yourselves, how you met and your journey up through the end of dental school. Yeah, so I can go first, Kirk. Yeah. So I am originally from Arkansas. We met through a college friend. When we were in college, we you know, started out as friends and then got married. I actually started dental school after we were married. And so that was kind of fun. We, we went through this journey together because he pushed me to get through dental school, saw me spend all that time. So it was important to him too. And I think that really helped kind of solidify just his support for where dentistry could take our family more so. We kind of had that vision from the beginning. And so he maintained a lot while I got through school working and taking care of, I don't know, just making sure we were comfortable. So I thought that was really cool to just like see his support through all of that. you have anything to add? Dentistry like brought you guys together. <laughs> it did. It did. She worked the in toils of dental school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in a real way though. Where'd yes. you guys where'd you guys go to dental school? In Tennessee. I went to University of Tennessee Health Science Center. That was pretty close to home for both of us. So that was nice. We're kind of from the same area, about 30 minutes apart. So it was not much of a move, but it's still just a big transition in life. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Kirk, what were you doing while Lauren was in dental school? So I have a music background, and I ran a studio. I was in bands and toured the world and did all sorts of stuff from learning about marketing and graphic design and advertising and stuff with the bands I was in. And so when we ended up with the practice, I ended up doing all those roles to really save us a ton of money on the front end because I learned them while she was in dental school. 
But yeah, just music. I still work in music too when I'm not at the practice. So it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So after graduating, what did you guys do right after you graduated up until you bought your practice that you're at right now? So I was an associate working three days a week after school and I learned a lot. The doctor that hired me was a very good teacher. So I felt like I gained a whole lot of experience, just all kinds of different areas of everything from business to patient education to, of course, treatment. And I did that for about 18 months. Of course, student loans are so expensive. Three days a week as an associate, you can imagine I was not making much more than paying the loans and the basic bills. And so I knew I wanted a lot more than that. So I just started looking. I then took a position at a pediatric office. That was interesting. But I was there for six months. And in that six-month time, that really pushed me to know that I wanted to own and to be back in general. And so I think that was probably what spurred me, like just get to my own office as fast as I could, because I knew I was kind of in my situation, wasting time being an associate and not really being where I wanted to be. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that Peter made you want to get back into (laughs) (laughs) regular practice and own your own. (laughs) Do you do a lot of Peter now? I would say I learned so much, just different techniques on how to handle maybe a little more difficult of a patient, different treatment, what's going to work, what may not work, when to send them to ortho. I learned a whole lot. So I'm very thankful for that six months, but I think six months was enough. And I'm, I do see children now, but I still refer out my fair share. Yeah, that's super cool. That'd be a fun experience. So then you guys bought your practice. What, what's it like? What was kind of the history of the practice when you bought it? You know, how many ops, staff? Tell us a little bit about the setup that you guys bought. Yeah, so it, it came with a, well, I guess we when we were talking with the doctor, he was an older doctor. He was looking to retire and he'd been there for his life. That's that he grew up there. He was very well known in the community. The practice is actually downtown on the square. So everybody in the town knew where it was. We still get people saying, Hey, is this Dr. So-and-so's office? I'm like, well, that was three years ago, but yeah, yeah, this, this was his old office. So it's been really cool to take over the, the pillar of the community's office. Literally he stopped on a Thursday. She started on a Monday, which was good. I feel like he was able to hand her the keys and be able to to let her take care of his patients. And and he was able to tell his patients too, that, that we were coming and, and it was really a good transition. I feel like um, we have five team members that are really great. We got two assistants, two hygiene and one front desk and, and then me. So I'm typically up at the front as well, but I go around as well throughout the office and we have five ops. We got three doctor's ops and two hygiene our office has compiled about 40% cash paying patients and 60% insurance. So we used to take a lot of insurance. Now we're starting to dwindle back as busy as we are. But it's it's a solid office. It's a lot of fun. And we just enjoy being there and, and being able to to be there in that community. Yeah. Like you bought the pillar of the community. So that, that means you guys are like now the dual pillar in the community, I guess, right? Yes. Yeah, so now we have two pillars. Yeah. Two pillars. <laughs> the twin towers. So did you did you like the immediate handover? Like so he left on Thursday and day one you were by yourself. Is that right? And did you guys like it that way? Yes, that's exactly right. I preferred it that way. That's kind of in the deal. 
I was looking for that. Just my personality, I I feel like I could pretty easily be kind of walked over or influenced to do something someone else's way. And I knew that was so important to me. Like I had a vision and an idea of exactly what I wanted, how I wanted to treat patients and how I wanted my team culture to be. And so I was very thankful when I found the opportunity to to take over a nice practice that you know, he he was just simply ready to slow down. And so he was happy to find somebody that kind of believed in patient care and education too. So that's what I preferred. Yeah, I like that too. I'm a big fan of that. Lots of consultants out there will say like, no, that's that's a big red flag. You want at least six months of, it's like, no, <laughs> pull the Band-Aid off. I think for me, you know, he sent out a letter to the patients that just said, this is the person I've hand chosen I've interviewed other people, but I think she is going to fit exactly, you know, the qualities that I've been looking for to hand over your care. And I've had so many patients say, I read that letter and if he trusted you, then I trust you. And that to me, from the beginning, I just think him endorsing me and then walking away, him staying wouldn't have made any difference for whether people stayed or left. Yeah. Sounds like an awesome practice. You guys did your homework, selected the right one, had a great transition. But then it was just a few months after you bought your practice that the COVID shutdowns hit. Is that correct? And and tell me what that was like opening your practice in the middle of COVID. That is correct. And it was exactly six months after we took over. And so I feel like we were really just starting to drive with the team. Patients are starting to come back for recalls and it wasn't the first time I was meeting everybody. And then we got the news that, you know, we had to shut down. So all I can say is luckily I kind of followed my gut with not making any major changes as far as equipment or remodels or anything. And we had not spent our working capital and we had saved. I can attribute a lot of that to Kirk. He had been kind of watching our collections and making sure we were saving. And so we were able to ride that out. And I think probably, and Kirk and I talked about this, that through the shutdown, it allowed us to really communicate with the team and then kind of see who we were as people because, you know, first taking over, I think that's so important to pour into your team and make sure that they kind of buy into your vision. They trust that you're not just there to make money and leave. Like, I think that kind of established that relationship for us because we were closed for eight weeks. And so we were still in constant communication. We were group text messages and just checking on everybody weekly in a minimum. And so I think that it was hard. And I'd always heard like, if you can make it through this, ownership will be easy compared to what you're going through right now. Because I was trying to talk to some other owners through all of it too. And So I just think like it was a blessing in disguise maybe, but I'm just so thankful that we had really stashed away some money to, for a rainy day, as you might say, like it was a a long rainy eight weeks. (laughs) Yeah. Cause I mean, like she was saying, like the team really didn't know us cause I mean, you can fake it for a long time. And so your real personalities start coming out when tragedy strikes. And I mean, to be honest, we were scared. We had no idea what was going on in the world because all you could hear was from the media. So we had no idea what we were up against, how long we were going to be shut down. So every day was just another day and we took one step at a time. And like she was saying, we poured in our team and just to show them that we're here for them. 
that this is a group effort and we're going to take care of them. It really solidified our team. It brought a lot of respect to us and to them, and and it really set the trajectory of where we are now. Yeah, so cool, so cool. What a, a rude welcoming that is to becoming a business owner, but it seems like the way you handled it actually set you up for the best. So that, that's awesome. Now, we started working together, I think, a few months after that, and you were doing well when we started working together, but you guys just really kind of kicked things into a higher gear and your practice steadily grew through the next year. And, you know, we finished working together five or six months ago and you guys have continued the same rate of growth in your practice. You don't need to share numbers or whatever you're most comfortable with, but can you describe in general terms the growth and the change in your practice over the last 12 to 18 months? I think just from where we started in 2019 to now, we've doubled what we were collecting that first year. And so that's been just a huge eye-opener as to what you really can do when I think you get systems in place. I think, like we were just saying, the culture of the practice, to me, that's the most important thing. I enjoy going to work and being around the people that make work fun and that I know are going to treat the patients well. So to me, that's like, I I feel like we established a totally different culture, which that has set us up for long-term success. Talking about just the production and collections, we've definitely, he was there four days a week. I'm now there three days a week, but we've doubled the collections. And so to me, I think that says it all. Yeah. So cool. Cut back a day, and then you've doubled production. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. So I, when we we cut out a Thursday afternoon after COVID, yeah. actually that's when we came back at three and a half days a week. Yeah. And so when we cut out that half day, at first I was a little leery of, well, I'm taking away hours. How is this going to work? And the team just they loved it. They loved that idea. It was like Thursday was everyone was so happy, and then we did the exact same numbers and I was astonished, but we did the same thing. And so I do truly think like work-life balance is important to everybody, not just us as doctors. But I think then cutting the third, like going to three days a week for me, my mental health, especially after having a baby, that was just, I feel refreshed actually, instead of being tired. And so I think that's what's allowed me to produce more and just be kind of mentally sharp during those three days. So I, I'm a, a huge advocate for that. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's really, like she was saying, the culture and the training with the team and really just pouring in. I, I know when we first started, you gave us a list of what, like 10 or 20 things <laughs> initially. And, and then the next month at our recap, we were, we were like, yeah, here's all the things we did. And you're like, oh, typically you just do like, one or two of those things and like well you know yeah, you guys are like it's like you're just coming to me and saying this is what we're doing this is what we're doing it's like okay maybe we tweak here tweak here but yeah you guys were just totally really assertive and it's because early on we we had a team meeting at the first of the year just to sh- sell our vision right for the practice we wanted the best practice not only in our town but in the region we wanted the best team we wanted the best patients and we wanted people to be fighting to get into our practice. And at this point, they are. Like, we don't have availability hardly at all anytime soon. And so it's it's a good problem, obviously, to have in one point. But that was the vision that we set out early on in 2019 and 2020 
And even with COVID and, and some other things, and obviously her having the baby, we've been able to go above and beyond that because of what we do with the team. And obviously they respect us, but but it is that culture. They trust us and they know that whatever we come to them with that we would like for them to do with us, because we're down in the trenches with them, that we're doing it out of love. And they respond well to it. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. You guys have mentioned, you both mentioned culture. You mentioned systems earlier. What would you say are maybe the top one or two or three things, specific things that you implemented that you think brought you the, the biggest ROI during this, this growth phase of your practice? An intraoral camera. <laughs> <That's the secret. laughs> I think that has been a huge tool in communicating with patients. I think for me, like just being able to show somebody and tell them like we all perceive information differently. And for me, being able to treatment plan, know like that I've well trained the team so they know how I'm going to treatment plan and then taking lots of pictures, showing people what they need. I think that's, we have such a high acceptance rate on our treatment planning that I think that's a huge attribute for why we're doing what we're doing. But kind of like going a little deeper on that for the first, I don't know, several months, we would have training with the hygienist. I would just say for the next three hours on, you know, after work, we're going to do training. And I would talk them through why I wanted to do a crown on this tooth, but not this tooth. Or if you see this, you need to mention that to the patient and let them know this is probably what she will say. And I did that with the assistants and I did that with the front desk. And I did that for myself, just thinking through what would I've done different if this comes back tomorrow, why do I, you know, why do I think that went well? What could be better? And I just actually spent a lot of time from the beginning. And I think my hygienist actually, because one of my assistants was brand new. She, I'm her first doctor to work for. And uh, one of my hygienists said, you would be surprised. Like most doctors are going to tell you if you don't get it the first time, like you're gone. But they would also not sit down and talk to you like this and hold training to try to get you up to speed. Like you should be so thankful. And I didn't really even think about it because to me, I just saw it, it was bettering the patient and it was making my life easier. But I think they all got so much out of it because they feel more competent because we did those trainings. And I really think that kind of laid the foundation for even before we started working with TLP, the team was pretty well trained on how I felt about how treatment should be you know, presented and, and diagnosed and stuff. Yeah. It seems like in, in my experience, bringing on new team members, onboarding is almost always underdone. It's like, yeah, we're going to hold your hand the first week. But after that, it's like you learn as you go and it takes, you have to deliberately choose to invest time to train them. Was it hard for you? You mentioned taking three hour blocks and just talking and reviewing these things, these things with your hygienist and stuff. Was it hard to take that time off or to, to close the practice? Well, we were at three and a half days a week at that point. That's what, so that's what I was thinking. We would stay Thursday afternoon, yeah. which <clears throat> at that point, Kirk's mentioned like just the respect and the, the good relationship we've had kind of from, especially after COVID, I was a little worried. I, I kind of get in my own head about like, what are they thinking? Do they think I'm asking too much? So 
I, more than anything, it was not hard for me to feel like we were missing out on production. It was more or less like, oh, well, I've told them we would only work three and a half days, but I'm asking them to stay these next three hours. But I never got any pushback. They appreciated that I was taking the time to teach them. You know, they just said that was so unique from anywhere else they had been. They were just expected to pick up on it. And so for me, it wasn't hard because we had that extra time in the schedule already. But I would say it was well worth it. Whatever time to take off, I would have, like, we're getting it back now over and over. So I would have made the time. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. It's interesting. Staff really like training, actually. It's the dentists that don't like to do the training. But members, they really appreciate it. Well, and it, it comes back to having the right people, too. I remember early on in TLP, because, I mean, we started listening from episode one. So uh, before we even started working with you. So I remember Justin was doing a an episode on training your staff and then also on just gauging your staff on a scale of one to ten. And we have to find as good of people as you can. Because those are the people that are closer to the 10. They're going to soak that up, that training up. Because if they're lower than an eight, really, they're not willing to or they, they don't listen. So you have to find the right team, which in turn, the training goes with it. The culture goes with it. And it's not just about are they proficient at their job. It comes full circle. Yeah, I like it. Nice. So I'm curious about, could you guys tell us about the dynamic between you two and how you run the office with Lauren being the clinical provider and the doctor? Kirk, what have your duties been? I mean, apart from just bringing new patients in because of your attractiveness, like what? Of course, <laughs> yes. I am the trophy you husband. You mentioned marketing earlier. Front. Tell me about what you guys do and kind of the dynamic between you two. Yeah. So I do want to say early on, especially with her being a female dentist, I, I wanted to make sure that me as a male coming in, I was not what everybody was coming to for. I wanted to make sure that she was known as the leader, that she had the authority, that she was the doctor from the team and the patients. So I wanted to kind of have that background role initially. So that way she could step into that role of leadership. And it's been really good. I feel like it's worked out very well. And as far as what I do, I do anything and everything that needs to be done. It's like the other day, I changed a hose on a slow speed handpiece on the ADEC chair. <laughs> you know, I used to do insurance for a good year or two when we needed it. I, I've done anything that needs to be repaired, marketing, advertising, because I learned it when she was in dental school. And I built our first website. Now we have a really great one. Not that our first <laughs> one wasn't great, but it was great. No, we, we have a really great web development team now as we've grown. But like when our, when our front desk is on vacation, I can handle all the front and we don't miss a beat. So I literally just wherever anything is dropped, I pick it up and I go with it no matter what. That's cool. That's like every dentist's dream. <laughs> if only we would have someone that could just like handle all of these, like just know how to do all this stuff and handle it. That's really cool. So how do you guys manage? So you got the practice you're both working at. How do you manage your family too? Is it like you're taking shifts or you're back and forth? You, How does that work? I think that's one thing that's like so unique between just our relationship is I feel like we both do everything like, we're both with the kids. Our our children are five, three, and seven months old. So Kirk 
took our five-year-old to kindergarten today and I took the three-year-old to pre-K and we're both like kind of equally involved with the practice and equally involved with the home situation because we have the same work schedule, which I think is fantastic. Like, you know, we've talked before, like, yeah, you could get another job and do something else and we would have another stream of income, but then you lose that quality of life of like knowing that we can take vacation at the same time because the office is closed together or being able to leave if our kids are sick. Yeah. Like just, just the flexibility that it, it has. I feel like we both, we both fill the roles of, you know, active parents. We, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. It's been good to split everything. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, it seems like you guys have been very intentional in doing that. Like when you have a really busy growing practice, it's not natural to be like, working four days and more people are coming in and you don't have capacity. And then your chosen path is to suddenly work three days all of a sudden, you know, with your little kids, it seems like you guys have just kind of decided your priorities and kind of designed your practice around your family and your schedule, which I think is awesome. You know, that's kind of the, the, the central message of everything we're behind. So Absolutely. I think that's what really, I don't know, solidified the jump to to get into coaching is like, I've listened to so many other podcasts or worked with advisors or, you know, whatever it is, the central message, like you said, no one would say go down to three days if you're booked out six weeks. That's not the answer anywhere else. But when you really put your lifestyle first, and then kind of make the practice work around that, it opens up flexibility and like everything else is kind of a limiting belief. Like you can make it work. And so when I heard, like Kirk said, we've been listening from day one, like we kind of listened for a while before kind of making the jump into reaching out and, and talking to anybody. But I'm so glad we did because that turned it up a notch and, and just took kind of our vision of what I already knew I wanted. And when I saw that you guys had already done that, why reinvent the wheel? Like let's reach out. So it's it's been great. Super cool. Yeah. Appreciate that. Very inspired by what you guys have done. So maybe some kind of rapid fire questions, I guess you could say. What is something unique about your practice like that most other dentists don't do in their practice, but it's something that you guys do? Can we both answer this one? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. You go first. I'll I'll go second. But you I just I was I gonna say we do a bonus system. Okay. Um, yes. is that we yes. both think that's that was the that's same unique. One, yeah. We do a bonus system off of daily production and monthly collections. So I feel like there's little tiers along the way, as well as a when you do every day hitting some smaller goals, you're kind of guaranteed to hit the big goal at the end. And I think that just pushes us so much. And I think that maybe you feel like other offices might feel like you're maybe a little too generous, but I just think that it pays back. So yeah, I think that's unique for us. Definitely. And obviously we've we've tried different bonus systems. We tried the one that we originally got from TLP that, you know, that Justin did and and we it was good, but it's hard to go a whole month and get a team rallied around a whole month and then you get to the end of the month and you're either way far away from it, you're way over it. And so we were like, okay, well how can we do this? And we went to DS World last year and there was an office there that had a daily bonus. And they had poker chips that they would like draw out of a bag. And it was similar to kind of what she had had at her associateship. And so we got a spinny wheel thing, like Wheel of Fortune. And 
have our amounts on there. And if we hit our certain goal during the day, then the next morning they get to end the huddle with the spinny wheel and they all fight over who gets to spin it. Not because they want to, but because they're afraid of getting the lowest number, (laughs) but it's good. It's good because at the end of the day, it's, it's so cool. The last couple of hours we get to the point and I start hearing, Oh, what just happened to that appointment? We're like 400 below goal. Like, what can we do? And they just start going through every patient's history and all sorts of stuff of what we can do to add a filling here or do different things throughout the day. So it really motivated on a daily basis to really drive the practice to where it is now, to where ultimately it's driving better patient care, which is really cool. Yeah. That's awesome. It seems like that would allow you to take a week off a lot easier too. If it's just strictly monthly, you know, if you're working a lot less than that month, it'd be easy for the team to say, hey, we're not getting the bonus this month because, Mm -hmm. you know, they're out for two weeks. But yeah, this kind of keeps them at the wheel each day. And besides, it sounds like a carnival almost like they could come (laughs) to the wheel. (laughs) Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It is. I remember you do a lot of like cosmetic smile cases, don't you, Lauren? If I remember properly, it seemed like uh, at least yeah, it's we do been a fair share. Yeah, yeah, I like doing full mouth crowns. We've gotten a, a little more into ortho, and so that's been a really rewarding way too. And so some of those big cases help drive numbers, and the team likes doing those too. <laughs> that's cool. That's awesome. What's something that you guys do not do at your practice? Dentures. <laughs> nice, nice. I'm surprised it's, it's she didn't. True. I'm surprised she true. didn't beat me to it. But it's, <laughs> yeah, we, um, yeah, we don't do dentures. Yeah, don't do stuff that pulls you down. Yeah, I felt like I was spending more time on those appointments comparatively with the time, and as busy as we are, I was like, you know what? Now's the time to cut it out. So I think people in the the area, or at least our patients referring and friends and family. And they kind of know like our office is not the office for doing a full set of dentures. Yeah. You come here for porcelain, you go there. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. So you guys, you have this well-trained team, you have established systems, you're very, very profitable. You're doing it all in three days a week. What is something that's still a challenge for you that you guys are still trying to figure out and overcome? I think for me, it's just confidence, just knowing that what we've done has laid a foundation that, I mean, clearly it's working. It's just trying not to overthink things. I just have to trust the systems and the trainings that we've had and trust that our team is fully bought in and trust that the patients are happy and have great treatment when they leave and just not overthinking things. Yeah. Yeah. And to me, it's the probably insurance. You know, we've we've discussed taking more insurances down and and trying to really spend more time like like you were saying during our you know our coaching that during covid you really got to spend more time with patients. And at the end of the day, we want to spend more time with patients. We don't want to run a mill necessarily. We want to actually do what's right for the patient. And so being able to balance that, as you guys say, you know, there's only two things you can do. You can either raise your fees or or you can drop insurances. So we're trying to to figure out that balance right now. That's a good stage to reach. Lauren, it's funny you said confidence because I, I remember when we were talking 
you just seemed very confident. Like you, I remember you telling me your staff was kind of, I don't know, they were like standing around the back or wasting time or they got distracted somehow. And, and you just, you're like, so I just go in there and I tell them, this is what's expected. This is absolutely not acceptable. And <laughs> it just seemed like you're very naturally confident and, and just taking the leadership role like very naturally. Well, I appreciate that. And Kirk tells me that all the time. He's like, you find the the best way to say things or you always get your point across in a kind way. Like, I don't know why this, it's just, maybe that's part of being a female. We, we overthink and, and can put on a front. I don't know, but I would think most people would probably think what, what you said, like, well, she's so confident. What's the deal? But well, the I, team I literally do. says that during our first year training, we always go through and like, what's the best quality? And we have every single person go through and say, what's the best quality of that person? And even the team says she always knows what to say. She thinks about what she's about to say before she says it. She's very confident. And so it is interesting. I think like we were talking about the other day, though, why? Because when you get in the car at the end of the day, if something's going on, then I'm going to ask you, well, did you talk to him about it? And so you're more or less like, yeah, having the tough conversations and things. I know I do think that's a, a big part of coaching and then just working together is having the accountability to know if I can say, yeah, I've already handled it. That did help speed up the I didn't wait to handle things. Right, right. That's cool. So you guys go around like with your team and everyone says one positive thing about a team member. Is is that right? Yeah. So I just feel like it built trust and just open communication to know how everybody felt about each other. And so that's something I started the very first year was I had everybody and they knew they were going to do it. So they had time to prepare, but they would say basically what they thought was each other's biggest attributes. So I talked about every single person on the team and what I saw their strengths as we didn't talk about weaknesses. I did not feel like that was the setting to bring out in a public manner, but yeah, everybody told about everybody's strengths. And I think that just built our team because everyone hears from each other why they feel like they're an asset to the team. Yeah. Yeah. That's super cool. You guys mentioned culture. That's something that a toxic office does not do, right? That's really cool. I'm just smiling. It's not, you guys are just like building each other up. You know, you're building this practice together. I think it's it's really cool what you guys have done. So, if you could go back in time five years ago and give your younger self advice, what would you say? Mm. Yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, I want to go with the, the the typical answer and say do coaching. but no really i mean coaching made the biggest difference because i i know after the first month of starting to work with you you gave us obviously a laundry list of things to like really do and kind of focus on but there was only a handful of things that you're like hey these are low-hanging fruit why don't you do this and our numbers jumped like it honestly from the first to the second month and even the third month it, it paid for the whole year of you. So it was it was huge to be able to see that huge jump obviously and not everybody'll have that but it's still the accountability of you know you don't know what you don't know. And there are high performing dentists out there that and offices out there that 
do know some things that you may not know, and, and you can learn from them, which is why we didn't miss an episode of TLP. We loved the ones, obviously, where you guys were talking about the nitty gritty of, of kind of topics and stuff, but it was really neat to, to have people on like us who have been through coaching and, and you can kind of see their arc and you know see where they came from and then also where they've been. I think there was a, a doctor that was fee for service and he went from like 80,000 he'd been in for 15 years already and he just wanted to change. And then he started collecting after six months of working with Derek and going to 120,000 a month. And I was like, see, that's something we aspire to do is to level up. And it's, it's hard to do on your own. So coaching, I would say, is something I would have loved to do. Long. That's cool. That's very kind of you. Appreciate that. Yeah, it's funny how, just like you said, you don't know what you don't know. When we're in the trenches, it's hard to have at times an objective look at what's going on, what is deficient, where can you immediately improve. Kudos to you guys for doing that and for being willing to implement new things. Lauren, did you, I, I didn't want to cut you off if there were any closing thoughts that you would have or any advice for listeners with us right now. I was just going to say, I think I would jump into practice ownership sooner. Like I, I didn't wait a, you know, a terribly long time, but I just think from my personality, like I said earlier, following under somebody else, I was never going to do it my way or learn as, you know, what works for me. I was going to do it the way the owner dentist wanted it or, you know, what I perceived them to want. So I just think that ownership earlier and then, like Kirk said, finding, you know, your mentor, your coach, somebody that's going to help guide you, you're more ready than you think, or you probably won't ever be ready. You'll never feel like it. And so I just think if that's something that maybe, you know, if I knew I wanted to be an owner, I wish I'd have done it even sooner because it's just lost time between where you're at and now. So I'm thankful that we did jump in and, and now doing coaching has just sped everything up even more. So I would say jump into ownership. That's awesome. You guys jumped in right away. Basically, if you went back five years ago, you'd be like, just do what we did. Just do it. Because <laughs> you guys did it so well. Well, that's awesome. Question for you, Lauren and Kirk. Sometimes we have listeners that would just like to network and connect. Would you be up for connecting with members of TLP if if they have questions for you or if they want to get insights into your you know perspective on their situation? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. I love it. Yeah. So if anyone does, just hit me up in an email and I'll just forward you right along to Kirk and Lauren. They're awesome. Then And uh, you know we're all about networking and bouncing ideas off each other and supporting each other at TLP. So thanks for being willing to do that. And thank you for the awesome episode. There's a lot of pearls and hopefully some good things to take from you guys. Hopefully you just keep rocking, keep growing and, and congrats on all of your success. Thanks. Thank you. All right. And with that, we will see you guys next week. Have a great week. Bye.